Thessalonians. Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ our King. We are so excited for this opportunity to share the Word of God with you through your favorite program, The Moment of Truth. We are at a critical moment in God's plan for humanity, and God is said to do awesome things in and through individuals, families, communities, organizations, nations, continents, and across generations. As we proclaim the Word of God in the following series, you are going to receive illumination and direction, especially those in the Valley of Decision, and hopefully you'll be accurately positioned for the current move of God. So, sit back and relax. Go ahead, call your family and friends, and get ready for a life-changing encounter with the Word of God. As you do, your life will never be the same again. Let's lift our hands to heaven in demonstration of our total submission to Him. Lord, we declare there is no one we have in heaven and earth apart from you. You are faithful. You are utterly dependable. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for caring for us. Thank you for having given us destiny that no man can alter. Take all the glory tonight. Take all the praise and all the adoration. Deliver us from every sort of distraction. So that we will not be derailed. And we will not be defeated. We will serve you all the days of our life. We declare that this God will be our God forever. He will be our guide even unto death. Thank you Father. In Jesus mighty name we pray and the people said. Amen. You may be seated in his presence. Good evening. God bless you. Amen. Say to your neighbor, peace to you. Peace to your house. And peace to all that you have. In the mighty name of Jesus. Welcome to another exciting edition of City Impact Bible Study. It don't show me that you are really excited. I can see... That excitement in the air. Amen. Today we are going to unmask the masquerade that drains the blood of its victims as we look at the subject how to discover who and what matter most. This will be part two of the message preached on Sunday. How to discover who. And what matter most? If you will please turn your Bible with me to John 21. I'll read from verse 14 to 19. John 21, 14 to 19. And then I'll quickly proceed to Revelation 17. I'll read verse 1 to 6. And then to let scripture interpret scripture, I'll read verse 9. And verse 15, John 21, 14 to 19, and then Revelation 17, 1 to 6, and then verses 9 and 15. John 21, 14 to 19 reads, and I quote, The 
this is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon son of Jonah, do you love me more than this? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you guarded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will guard you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he will glorify God. <clears throat> and when he had spoken this, he said to him, Follow me. Revelation 17, 1 to 6. <clears throat> Revelation 17, 1 to 6. And then I will read verses 9 and 15. Revelation 17, 1 to 6. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and talked with me, saying to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on what? I can hear you. This great harlot sits on what? On many waters. With whom the kings of the earth committed fornication. And the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of a fornication. You will soon find out what that wine is. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet. And are done with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. And on her forehead, a name was written Mystery, Babylon, the Great, the Mother of Harlots and of the Abominations of the Earth. I saw the woman drunk with what? I can't hear you. I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. Verse number six. I beg your pardon, verse number nine. Here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. 
And if she's able to maintain her seat on those seven mountains, then there is no culture in the world she cannot influence. Because those are the seven mountains of culture. And you will have to at least attend to one of them. Or be employed by one of them. If you are not a master of the mountain, you'll be a servant there. Verse 15. Let's find out the waters she was sitting upon. Then he said to me, The waters which you saw, where the hallowed seats are, peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. Is anyone excluded from this? Ask your neighbor who is sitting on you. I can't hear you. Are you ready to help me sing? Rise to your feet. Come Holy Spirit. I may need you. Come Holy Spirit. We pray. Holy Spirit in your own special come Holy Spirit I need you come sweet spirit I pray to personalize it and sing it about yourself. Come Holy Spirit I need you. Yes, we need you Holy Spirit. Come Sweet Spirit I pray seated just like Babylon the great the mother of hallowed son of the abominations of the earth who sat upon the waters while drunk with the blood of the saints and of the martyrs of Jesus There is an in all course, in no course, masquerade that has ruined the health and consumed the wealth of many of its unsuspecting victims. As I said, this masquerade seems in no course. That means 
not offensive, not harmful. It seems not dangerous. But in the long run, if not checkmated, it causes burnout and fills its victim with anxiety and ultimately depression. And I'm talking about your to-do list. Your self-imposed license for overwork that ultimately turns those who operate with that license into workaholics. Tell your neighbor, he's not talking about you. You are too smart to be a workaholic. Tell your neighbor, he's not talking about you. You do everything in moderation. It cannot be about you, sweetheart. Because you don't overwork. You don't walk till you break down. You do everything in moderation. So it just cannot be talking about you. Unfortunately, most people confuse to-do list with success list. Nothing and no one except those who matter most. And those things that matter most should influence your daily schedule. No one. And nothing except those who matter most and things that matter most should influence your daily schedule or schedule as they would say it in America. But alas... Jack of all trades and master of none do not understand the difference between who and what matter most or less. They're simply encumbered with all people and all things till they overwork themselves and burn out only for their wealth to mount wings and fly away while they are trying to recover their health. Proverbs 23 verses 4 and 5. Proverbs 23 verses 4 and 5. Do not overwork to be rich. I'm sure you are just seeing this verse of scripture tonight. This is the first time you are encountering the scripture. Do not overwork to be rich because of your own understanding. I know how to figure it. I know exactly how to do it. I know what I'm doing. You'll soon see it. Because of your own understanding, cease. Will you set your eyes on that which is not? For riches suddenly make themselves wings. They fly away like an eagle toward heaven. Give me that same scripture. Proverbs 23, 4 and 5. In the New Living Translation. Proverbs 23 verses 4 and 5. New Living Translation. Don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Be wise enough to know when to quit. In the blink of an eye, wealth disappears. For it will sprout wings and fly away 
like an eagle. Give it to me in the NIV. NIV. Do not wear yourself out to get rich. Do not trust your own cleverness. Tell your neighbor, don't trust your own cleverness. Cast but a glance at riches and they are gone. For they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. For those who like amplification, please give it to me in the amplified version of the Bible. Proverbs 23 verses 4 and 5. Amplified version. Worry not yourself to be rich. Cease from your own human wisdom. Hello. Cease from your own human wisdom. Will you set your eyes upon wealth when suddenly it is gone? For riches suddenly make themselves wings like an eagle that flies toward the heavens. Now, finally, the message. The message translation for those listening to this message. Don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Restrain yourself. Riches disappear in the blink of an eye. Well sprouts wings and flies up into the wild blue yonder. This message is coming at this time so that those who benefit by embracing the message will learn how to benefit or to Profit from biblical instruction. Those who do so are considered wise by God, and those who don't do so are considered stupid. Uh, one of the definitions of stupid in the Bible, for those who don't like the word, you know, I can pastor say stupid. Let's see whether the word is in the Bible. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 1. Proverbs chapter 12, verse number 1. Whoever loves instruction, loves what? Knowledge. But he who hates in correction, is that my word? He who hates correction is stupid. Ask your neighbor, are you stupid? It's a question. Brothers and sisters, sons and daughters, sometimes in our business, who and what matter most are easily displaced by who and what matter less. Do you want to know why? I'll tell you. It's often because of our deep-seated insecurities. And those deep-seated insecurities propel us to seek to please everyone. Regardless of the pressure we bring upon ourselves, 
even to the detriment of our health and well-being. Have you ever seen anybody called Bobo Good, Bobo Nice? They take on more than their fair share because they want to be in everybody's good book. They're there to help everybody. They are the Holy Spirit. They are the very present help in time of need. This reminds me of what I call the black man's burden. What do I call it? The black man's burden. It's also the black woman's burden because actually the words that I'm about to read to you were spoken by a woman. The woman was called in the Bible in the Song of Songs, the Song of Solomon, Shulamite. Let me show you what the black man's burden is. Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 1. Song of Solomon, 1, 1. So that you see this is the real song you should be singing. The song of Solomon's, I mean, beg your pardon, the song of songs, which is Solomon's, is coming from the fountain of wisdom. Verses 5 and 6. Verses 5 and 6. I am dark but lovely. Are you here black and proud? I'm black and proud. Yeah, I'm black and proud. I am dark but lovely. Oh, daughters of Jerusalem. Like the tents of Kedar, like the curtains of Solomon. Do not look upon me because I'm dark, because the sun has turned me. My mother's sons were angry with me. They made me the keeper of the vineyards, but my own vineyard I have not kept. Hello? Is keeping everybody's vineyard for them. See. Her brother piling everything on her. I said, oh, it's my brother. I take it on. And it's my brother. I take it on. And while staying in the sun for too long a time, she became dark. And said, at the end of the day, I'm taking care of everybody's vineyard except my own. The Yoruba people have a proverb for this type of person with this type of disposition. Can you help me interpret The man with bad head. Olori Buruku. <laughs> Only a plain stupid person. A plainly stupid person. Carries other people's load on his head. And puts his own carry in his hand. Bobo nice. Bobo good. He 
is not my word. Black man's body, thank you, carries everybody's load on his head. At the expense of our own vineyard. Those who like to be in everybody's good book, rather than face their unsavory comments and criticism, will find themselves pulled in different directions by others. Let me stop and ask you this question. Do you earn a salary allowance or do you make money from your business? If you have a source of income, lift up your hand, let me see it. You have some source of income, good. Let us assume that you earn a million naira a month. Is that too much? Okay, what do people earn? About about half a million? If you're in that bracket, let me see your hand. Half a million. Is that still too high? Okay, 100,000 a month. Is that normal? It's normal. <laughs> okay. Do you have a living wage or minimum wage? Huh? Minimum wage is what you have, not a living wage. It's difficult for me. Okay, just listen to me. Just listen. You're born again, you're spirit filled, you're Bible quoting, you're tongue talking, you're what again? Demon chasing. <laughs> you chase them in the daytime, they chase you at night. All right. Let's take a figure that is round. Shall we use 100,000? Even if you don't have that tonight, can you believe for a hundred thousand? Okay. Hundred thousand a month. That is a lot of money to the wise. It's such little money to the foolish. Because the wise will go to God and honor God and give to God what belongs to God. Do you understand me? Because that's what brings multiplication upon the rest. The foolish will say, what I have is not enough. I don't have time to give anything to God. So there's no multiplication. It multiplies the seed sown, not the bread eating. Okay. Now, let's say the man is faithful and is given to God, gives his diet, he gives his offering, he lives honorable life. Let's say after all the givens, what he has left is 80,000, right? He goes to work. So he will take money for transportation. If he doesn't have a car, even if he has a car, he will have to foil it. If he's not living in a home of his own or living with someone, he has to pay his rent. In order to live well and to have strength, he has to eat. And while eating, living, and transporting, he cannot go to work naked. He has to buy clothes. Do you understand me? And then for the sake of 
days that one can break down, he has to save towards his health, to maintain his health. Do you understand? But if you see Olori Burukwenyo, you know, one that does not think straight, that is totally stupid. His cousin is getting married, he has to contribute. His friend is, has just lost his mother, he has to give something. So there are many pools at his pay packet that he himself is not living. I want you to picture that pay packet and see the difference. And you use your life to earn that money. You use your, your life is your money. Your, your time is your life. It's your blood that you're using to earn what you earn. I want you to see your blood being drained here. Being drained there by non-profitable things. I'm not asking you to be mean. I'm not asking you not to be kind and not to be uh, to to show concern for that. That's not what I'm saying to you. But in your kingdom, you see no coffee there, Do you understand that? How can you be pregnant and the outlet through which the baby will come out, you have dashed it to somebody else? What's going to happen to you? You check your pay pack or pay packet and see how many pools. And you know why? They say, oh, there's no time you get to him. He will always have something for you. Why don't they stay in their home? Why do they come to your own? I can't say no to them. You are stupid. I've given you an example that is not palatable. I'll give you another one today. That first example, two of my brother's sons were going, they came from to live with me. I said, where? I said, I want you to ask your dad if he invested one dime on me so that it will be payback time. I just, one time that he gave me any assistance, I can't help you now. Go back. And when the time came for me to help them, I did beyond their widest imagination. Do you understand? I'll give you a second example. My cousin, whose school fees I was paying at this time, went to school to fight and they locked all of them at Ikui prison the only son of his own mother the mother is my mother's only sister so my mother carried all of them from her hometown the mother my mother's brother other relations they came to my chambers and they said, oh, so-and-so had been locked up, and uh, we want you, since you're a lawyer, to help us. I said, it's no problem. Uh, it's going to cost you 150000 My mother said, eh? I said, yes, oh, it will cost you that much. Mm. So they went to the corner of the chambers to go and contribute money. I collected it from them, and I gave them receipt. I said, but it is too late for today. I could do it. With a, no, he will stay there till Monday. On Monday, I will go to bail him out. And on Monday, I went there and was released. From that day, he never fought again. 
I gave much more to my mother later, but I collected that one. She never brought a client to me again. Because she was expecting that I would just say, ah, my mother has come. Ah, no, 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 no. No. <laughs> no. I'll tell you a third one because my mother is not alive anymore. So I can't call her to come and testify. Okay? I can tell you this third one because the person is still alive. I just became part of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. And one of our pastors called uh, Always Happy. Always Happy. That was his nickname. Always Happy. He subsequently became a prayer partner to me too. Good man. Was involved in a land transaction and they locked him up. And pastor, the boy beckoned to me and said, Son, locking that pastor up is like locking me up. Do whatever you can do to get him out. And I waded into it. I got him out. I did not charge a dime. I mean, I can your pastor send you and say, here is your bill, sir. I didn't charge a dime. They now met in their family and said, this man who didn't charge anything probably does not know the law as he should. So they went to hire another lawyer who charged them money and they paid and they threw them into prison. So pastor now called me to come, I said, this time is not free. <laughs> I collected my fuel. Look, I'm being honest with you. We think we are smart. We think we are kind. We are just stupid. Plain stupid. So everybody comes to take your own, and in no time you dry up. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry, I'll take care of that. Don't worry, don't worry, I'll take care of that. Are you God? Okay, gentry. Oh, oh, your wife is saying, hoo hoo, you are hitting it hard. <laughs> uh, if I'm not careful, I will. I will. I want you to picture your pay packet and see how many pools drain you every month. So you have no savings. And because you are not saving, you cannot invest. Because if you cannot invest, you cannot have more. It's called vicious cycle of poverty. So you have to labor more. Because those who are Eating it are many. Sorry to disappoint you this evening. Ogalvis, mm. how is your pay packet doing? Fifty thousand from one million. You still be assuming it's one million. Another hundred thousand from one million. You still thinking I have one million? Another 20,000 from, and all these things are productive ventures. Lazy bones are draining you. Parasites are sucking your life. You can read that he who shall not walk shall not eat, but you sustain them. That's not really my subject tonight. That's just by the way.
those who like to be in everybody's good book, rather than face their unsavory comments and criticism, will find themselves pulled in different directions by others, and ultimately their schedule or to-do list become very tight without any breathing space. I want you to write this down. Please note that a lack of breathing space is the same thing as being choked. Does that make sense? ID? Does that make sense? Elvis, you are the people that are in the marketplace and training uh, people. A lack of breathing space is the same thing as being choked. And if you want a metaphor for that, if you don't set yourself free, it's a sure guarantee for an unenviable space in the graveyard. Overwork kills. Overwork can lead to an untimely death. Don't let your shadow kill you. You should be in charge of your shadow. Your shadow should not be in charge of you. Can I hear? Amen. Amen. Let me show you how these things play out. Whenever everything feels urgent and important, everything would then seem equal to you. I call it the tyranny of the urgent. Whenever everything seems urgent and important, then you put everything and everyone on the same level. Rather than turning to the most important things in your life, then lesser things will occupy the space. It's at this stage you become very active and busy, but this does not move anyone closer to success. You see why? Because activity is not the same thing as productivity, and busyness really takes care of business. Henry David Thoreau said, it is not enough to be busy. So are the ants. The question is, what are we busy about? Ask your neighbor, what are you busy about? I can't hear you. Okay, personal, what am I busy about? My dear friends, not everything and not everyone matters equally. Success is not a game won by what whoever does the most. You carry every load on your head. Everything you must carry, you must be the one. Because you don't want anything to fail. So you carry everything. You will die before your time. And they will attend your funeral if they do. It doesn't matter who, when I think it's time to rest, ask those who know me well. I'm going to rest. End of story. Oh, love that guy is coming. That's your business. I didn't invite him. I saw it when my father was being wrapped at the age of three. And they wrapped that body and took him out of the bazaar where I was, and pulled all of us inside 
And I never knew where they took him to until years later when they later showed me his burial spot. Do you understand me? And that was the man that drummers would come to wake up in the morning. That was the man that on the way to the mosque, dancers would be in front, they would be at the back. Nobody visited us anymore. And if I have no lessons to learn, then I'm stupid. I don't want to be in your good book. My name is already in the book of life. You understand me? What concerns me about your good book? Pastor is not good. That's your opinion. Opinions are like Moses. Everybody has it. They don't look alike. They're not equal. You understand me? As long as God says I'm good and say welcome faithful servant. That's all that I need. Not your opinion. Why am I, why am I trying to impress? Uh, why can I pretend to do what? To, to make what impression? Who said? If you don't go, it's not good. Oh. If you don't go, they will not come for your own. Don't come. You will reduce the number of people that I will have to cater for. Tell your neighbor, success is not one. By whoever does the most. One of the classics at all, of all times is the William Shakespeare essay titled, Much Ado About Nothing. I want to recommend it for you to read it. Much Ado About Nothing. Those who confuse to do list with success list may find out too late that much of what they do is about Nothing. In my quest for balance, I've since found out that achievers operate differently. Achievers operate differently. Do you want to know how they operate? Okay. Then please write these three principles down and make sure you add them to your work ethics. Achievers operate differently. Number one. Achievers have an eye for the essential. Achievers have an eye for the essential. How do they develop that eye? They pause just long enough to decide what matters. They pause long enough to decide what matters then they allow what matters to drive their day. Achievers have an eye for the essential. They pause long enough to decide what matters and then allow what matters to drive their day. Listen to David in 1 Samuel 17, beginning from verse 17. 1 Samuel 17, 17. Just listen to David. 
1 Samuel 17, 17. Then Jesse said to his son David, Take now for your brothers. They were in the army, right? Take now for your brothers an ephah of, of this dry grain and these ten loaves and run to your brothers at the camp. And carry these ten cheeses to the captain of their thousand and see how your brothers fare and bring back news of them. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. Were they really fighting? One Philistine had said, give me one man. <laughs> so David rose early in the morning, left the ship with, pay attention, left the ship with a keeper. That's what the house pastor is. He's a ship keeper. So David rose early in the morning, left the ship with the keeper, and took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to fight and shouting for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battery army against army since nobody volunteered. And David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper. You see how intelligent this fellow is. He left the few sheep that his father had with the sheep keeper. Now he saw that they were already going to the army, I mean going to battle, and they were marching to the battlefield. That's not the time to go and say, hello my brother, how are you doing? Daddy said I should come. No, he looked for the supply keeper. See, this is knowing what matters most and who matters most. Do you understand? He looked for the supply keeper and kept those things with him. Let's go on. Ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers. Then as he talked with them, there was a champion, the Philistine of God, Goliath by name, coming out from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words he had spoken before. You know the words he spoke? Give me one man to fight me. So David had them. And for David, this is not a big deal. It's one, it's not too far, it's one to one. Okay. All of Israel saw him as too big to handle. David saw him as too big to miss. Thanks so much for listening. We have to end it here today. But it's been a real joy to come into your homes to unveil the truth of God's word. This message will continue in a subsequent episode. I pray that the truth you've embraced will not only set you free, but it will empower you to impact your environment positively as God's representative in your sphere of influence. Till we meet again on this platform, remain sandwiched between the peace of God and the God of peace. God bless you richly. Bye for now.